What's up, Gems? It's your girl, Regal, and this is Stay Regal Radio. Regal me, baby. Go ahead, baby. Regal me, baby. Go ahead, baby. All right, kings and queens, today we have the world-famous, intelligent-as-fuck, mystical and sensual DJ, known to pop on the ones and twos with her fine ass, Moonflower! Hey! What's up, babe? How you doing? Girl, you know I gotta do it right. I mean, you my soulmate. I can't come in here slipping on. I can't slip at all. Exactly. I appreciate you appreciating me the way you do. Man, always. So I'm really glad to have you on Stay Regal Radio. You feeling all right? Oh, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling blessed. I'm amazing. I'm excellent. I'm abundant. Yes. I'm rich. Yes, you are. Hell yeah. Y'all, I don't know if you guys have been on IG just seeing this up-and-coming DJ killing it, fucking going out there, blessing the world with her many talents. Um, I have been blessed to know her for over 20 years. We actually met in the sixth grade. Man, right? Over 20 years. (laughs) We met in sixth grade, and it was so funny how it happened. Camille always have a way of getting people together real quick. (laughs) Man, so I came back from visiting my dad that summer, and I heard my best friend had a new best friend. So me being the jealous person that I am sometimes, I'm like, ah, I don't like her. And Camille had to just sit me down and let me know, look, I don't give a fuck about the jealousy, who friend is who. Like, I am not with the bullshit. And she got me together so swiftly without even cursing. It was so classy. And I was just sitting there like... She's amazing. <laughs> I like her already. Yes, we were. But in a good way. You wasn't fast or anything like that. Never fast, but we was grown as fuck. Heck yeah, man. We were. And it's so crazy. It turns out that our sixth grade teacher um, was the first lady of your church. And we had an event. She invited us. And me and Camille hung out that entire day. And we've been inseparable since. And yeah. hey, we've just been blessed to have each other. Like, literally, this is my soulmate. So definitely want to welcome her to the podcast, man. And I was telling her a little bit earlier, it was so important for me to have her as my first guest for the Fuck So Doubt series because she has just been there for me. She's inspired me to always be my best self. Um And I've just seen her say, fuck her fears and transcend into a new and better version of herself multiple times. Um, And also she encourages anyone that she comes in contact with to do the same. And that's powerful, super powerful. Um, And I know it's not always easy. So um, can you tell us a little bit about who is Moonflower? All right, so I'm on flower now because you called me Camille a few times. Right? Girl, you know I am. So she is definitely Moonflower, but to me, she's going to always be Mill or Camille. You you know. Exactly. But who is Moonflower? Moonflower. And let's see. And so I'll start with the way that I spell Moonflower. I yes. spell Moonflower in all lowercase letters and in between two periods. Because it represents that nothing before this moment matters and nothing after this moment matters. Mm. I have to be present in the here and the now. And I am a humble being 
and I am here to just serve the universe as the universe sees fit. Because for the majority of my life, I've tried to control and dictate everything, and it drove me crazy. And fortunately, Moonflower was able to be born and blossom from um, that lack of knowledge about the world, I guess. Right. I was just young and didn't know how to really live life. So Moonflower is more than just the mystical, sensual DJ slash vibe curator. I'm a lover. I'm um, a healer. I am um, a person on this earth sent to do good. And whatever shape, form, or fashion that is changes on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, some days I'm full-blown DJ. Some days I'm a painter. Some days I'm a poet. Some days I'm all three. Um, some days I just want to be by myself and be calm, but still exude positive energy. Right. So Moonflower is just whatever the universe needs at the time to bring light and love to the world, to the people that I come across, to um, everyone that I interact with. I try to leave a positive impression on them. So Moonflower is just here to distribute blessings. Man, and I love that answer. That was super powerful, especially describing the the spelling of your name, you know, and I didn't even know that. I knew that every time you put Moonflower, I would see it that way. But now knowing the meaning behind it, that's super powerful. Yeah, thank you. It kind of just came to me. It wasn't really something that I put a lot of thought into, which is what I'm realizing the difference between my life now and my life before was I put so much thought into so much and I still didn't feel good about 99.9% of the things that I was doing and everything that I do now as Moonflower comes so organically and I put very little thought into it initially and it works so well and it works so much better for my spirit for Mm -hmm. my well-being my balance and so the the consequences are so much different than my consequences before before I always was left feeling empty and exhausted and just depleted that now things come so naturally and I'm like, oh wow, that's so cool. I didn't even really think about that. Right. And then it like, you know, turns into this amazingly great thing and it's just, you know, speaking to the power of truly giving yourself to the universe and allowing God to um, guide your path. Yeah, man. Walking in your purpose. That's what it sounds like. Like you found your purpose and you just walking in it, walking in your truth. Yeah, and, 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 I, and I don't even try to really think too much about saying, like, it's 
my purpose because that in itself sounds so grandiose. Like, this is what I'm here for. I'm here to do this. Like, right. to, to put that all into, like, one thing sounds too much for me. Like, that that's anxiety-provoking. Gotcha. But what I try to tell myself to keep myself calm and to keep myself in the spirit is that what I'm doing right now is working for me right now. Staying present in the moment, yeah. not focusing on everything yeah, else. Yeah, you know, so it's like, it's more about being in the moment, whereas before I tried to plan out my whole entire life, I was going to get this degree by this age, and then have this career for this many years, and then life was just going to be okay. And it's just like, well, that's not really how life works. You can plan things out, but I know for myself personally, I can't think too deeply on things like that because I'll overanalyze it. And so I just have to say, you know what? This is working for me right now. And when it no longer serves me, I will no longer be a participant in it. And that's a beautiful thing too, knowing when something no longer serves you and being able to walk away. Um, Because I've realized on my journey, that's something that's really been hard for me is I do have attachment issues and I attach myself. And when it's time to let go, even if I'll know it, I'll tell myself reasons why I shouldn't. So that's something I've been working on lately and really just cutting things off. Um, And that's something I had to really go through in my journey. And starting with like sex and cigarettes, things I just knew like, this is not serving you. You're not using it correctly. You have to let it go. Um, And there's so much empowerment when you're able to do that and know like, hey, this isn't working for me. I got to let it go. It shows you how strong you are, you know, and how many things you can accomplish. Truly, it really does. Definitely does. So do you know if there was like a defining moment where you really decided to say fuck self-doubt? Think, was there like one particular moment? Yeah, I know the exact moment. Actually, oh, this is so crazy because I didn't really realize how key this moment was. Okay, so this is 2016. I'm in my first semester at USC going for my second master's degree. Wow. And I was commuting about a two-hour drive from my home to the L.A. campus. And um, but I had planned out my schedule to know, like, okay, these are the days when I have to be in L.A. and these are the days when I have to be in whatever other city my internship was in. And then these are the days when I'm going to be at home to work on homework. And... USC is a really interesting institution. And so um, they just felt like they could tell you, like, oh, you need to be here this day. This is a requirement. And so I'm like, but I don't have class this day. So why do I need to be on campus this day? So we got this email this particular, like, Wednesday or Thursday of that week. We had to be on campus. And I'm like, I don't have class. So we go. And I, it turns out that we're there because they're revealing that some lady just donated millions and millions and millions of dollars 
to um, the school that I was getting my degree in. Uh And uh, they just wanted to reveal that they were, um, that they had just received this huge amount of money. Oh, wow. And (laughs) and literally, I felt like I had got slapped in my face and spat on because it was like, wait a minute. After kids leave here, they're drowning in debt. Mm-hmm. None of us know if we're actually going to get that job that, you know, makes that top dollar of the spectrum of what you can make with a degree. Right. And you forced us all to be here on a day when maybe some of us didn't have to be here to throw money in our face. And... <laughs> That night, that same night, I saw Beyonce in concert. And that's so funny that Queen D would be a part of this damn story. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I saw Beyonce that night, and it just came to me that I wasn't living for myself. Mm. And... I was putting myself in a position to drown in debt for something that I didn't necessarily need to do. I already had already had a master's degree right. at this point. So it was like, okay, who are you trying to impress? Because these people are just carrying on with their lives. Like, the school doesn't care that you're borrowing thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars to attend here while they're getting millions and millions and millions of dollars donated to them. And in that moment, I realized I wasn't living for myself. And the next morning, I told my parents that I was dropping out of USC uh, the next day, I called my internship and told them that I would no longer be returning. And probably a week or two weeks later, I broke up with my boyfriend of four years. And I said, I'm starting over. I had no job. Um, I had always been, either been in school or had some like secondary internship or something supplementing my job. Right. I didn't have that anymore. I didn't even have a, you know, I didn't have a job and wasn't in school, didn't have a boyfriend anymore. And I was just like, I'm starting over. All this that I have done, I'm not impressed with myself. My eye, my left eye had been twitching for months. My face was covered in acne. I was, a few pounds away from um, being below what my uh, healthy weight would be. Mm. Which a few pounds shy of being underweight. Wow. And it was like, so you can't tell me that you're happy. Right. You can't tell me that this is working for you. Because if you were living in your purpose, living in your truest self, you would be flourishing. Exactly. And I got real with myself and 
probably about a month later, I packed my car up and drove four hours by myself and spent the next week with my best friend. <laughs> yeah. And she had no idea how medicinal that was for me, but that mm. was medicine I needed to just be away from California for a little bit. Mm. And that's when it happened. That was the end of 2016. And I haven't looked back since. It's 2019 now. Man, that's beautiful. And I'll be your medicine anytime, boo. Bring your ass out here. Matter of fact, we need another time together. Man, and you know what? It takes a lot of courage to really give up everything that everyone thinks you should be doing and to bet it all on yourself. And man, I wish more people would do it. Even knowing it's scary, that's when we really get to see what the fuck we're made of and how much we can do for ourselves. Would you say in that moment, too, you realize, like, I really need to start loving myself better and treating myself better? Yeah. And I I can't forget, also, I had an amazing therapist who helped guide me through this process. Now, she wasn't necessarily telling me to do these things. Right. But she gave me the support that I knew what was best for myself. And so, with that support, I felt braver in making those rash decisions. Because it wasn't like I had never thought about those, like removing those things from my life. Mm -hmm. But I just, I honestly didn't think it was like a real possibility to make the change happen on my own. I just thought, you know, one day things are going to be different. I didn't know how. I didn't know when. But I thought either one day I'm going to wake up and everything's just going to finally feel great. And I'm going to be truly amazed by how I created this beautiful life for myself. Or just something's going to happen and force a change. And, um... I guess, you know, the universe did force the change. It made me so completely uncomfortable that I had no choice but to change. I had no choice but to look around myself and figure out what was wrong. So beautiful. Yeah, man, and you're exactly right. If you don't get out of your own way, you're going to get pushed out the way. And um, Exactly. At that point, you got to put up or shut up. What you going to do? You going to make it better or you going to succumb to it? Um, exactly. So at that point, what did you start doing? So you had all this time to, you know, do whatever you wanted to do. What did you choose to do? So I literally took off the whole entire year of 2017. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate and blessed enough to have had a job where I saved money and I had parents and family members who were willing to support me. No no one has ever seen that side of me. No, I've always, I've always been a go-getter. I've always been very sure of myself. Mm-hmm. And when a goal was set, I attained it. So I, I really think that the people around me truly saw that I needed this time to figure myself out. 
And so I just literally took the next year off and I just played. I had fun. I allowed myself to make mistakes. Oh my gosh. It was just, oh, I can remember this one time where I went out with a couple of my girlfriends and, um, Looking back on it, I now know that this is going to sound terrible. It was a bad combination of alcohol, and I had just been prescribed antidepressants. Oh, shit. And I, of course, um, if you know me personally, know that I just started drinking recently in my life. I am not a, a veteran in the game of drinking. Not at all. So at this point, in 2016, no, this was like at the top of 2017, I had only been drinking a couple of years. And um, in 20, at the end of 2016, my psychiatrist had prescribed antidepressant for me. And so, um, but this particular day, um, I went out and I got extremely drunk. I fell into the bushes. Um, I threw up in the Uber. And this all sounds like the makings of like a terrible uh, night. But for me, it was liberating because I know myself and I knew that I wasn't going to make a habit of, of that night. Right. But it was a moment when I allowed myself to be human and and mess up because I, I've always been the type to, you know, Nobody can catch me slipping. Yeah. You know, nobody gonna nobody gonna see me mess up or if I do mess up, you know, I'm gonna be so defensive to the point that they're not gonna even realize that I truly messed up or I'm gonna twist my words so well that I'm gonna confuse them and then they're gonna be like questioning themselves, like, Oh, did she really do something wrong? Because the way she just Right. <laughs> I see out so cold. I'm, now I'm confused about what I was even laughing about or whatever the case may be. But for me, that moment of getting a little bit too intoxicated and, you know, falling into a bush and, and you know, doing embarrassing things, it was so liberating because I would have never allowed myself to do that before. And there, there was no room for error and any sort of error was followed by days or weeks of ruminating over how I made a mistake and how I should have done things better and I could have did it this way and I could have did it that way and why didn't I? And right. I would just overthink and overthink and overthink and for the first time in my life, uh, 2017, I just, I stopped all of that. You know, of course, you know, old habits die hard. Of course. But I was giving myself permission to to get to know myself. Right. And you to know, live and be I, free. Yeah. I dated a little bit to figure out, like, okay, what kind of man do I like? Like, what type of, you know, dating do I, can I do? Do I want to have a whole phase? Well, nope. Got wiped up. Didn't have no whole phase. <laughs> <laughs> you got wiped up quick, too. <laughs>
realized that I had to get real with my parents. I had to get real with everybody around me in order to live a harmonious life that I wanted to live. I know I don't have control over everything, but I have control over how I react to things. Mm. And I needed to create an environment where I felt safe. And for a long time, I didn't feel safe anywhere. Mm. And so I had to create safety within myself so I could bring that peace and that calm with me everywhere I go. So 2017, I just turned up. I had to get a whole, I mean, and I did work a few jobs, like odd jobs to get money. Right. Volunteered probably a couple of places and did things like that, but I just didn't have any real hardcore obligations for a whole year. Heck yeah! One of the uh, YouTubers I follow, she calls it "fun employed," where you make the decision yeah. to leave your job and just have fun and figure out what the hell you really want to do with your life. So you was fun exactly. employed, girl. That's what's up. So, yeah, and I, I practiced DJing, and um, that was DJing. Which is funny because in, in twenty towards the end of twenty seventeen, I was like, you know what? I don't think DJing is gonna do anything. Like this isn't gonna be anything. And then literally a week later, my boyfriend um, was like, "Oh, the homegirl is looking for a DJ. You want me to tell her about you?" And I was like, "Hmm, sure. Why not?" <laughs> At least make some money real quick, you know? <laughs> and then, literally from there, it's taken off. So literally, probably a week or two before things took off, I was about to just throw in the towel and just think of something else to do. Right when we about to give in, that's when the breakthrough always comes, man. I'm so, so happy that you held on and you didn't give in because right. look, just look at, oh, so y'all don't even understand. Like I told her back in uh, the beginning last year, sometimes I told her like, you about to be world famous. And she was like, I'll take it. She's so humble, but she ain't got to be humble when I'm around. Cause I'm always hyping her up. Like she about to be world fucking famous. Like ain't nobody colder than her on the ones and twos y'all. And She's just to see her blow up and get opportunity after opportunity. And I remember how proud and happy you were when you got your first like solid gig at the hookah lounge and you just did it uh, diligently and you just did it. You work, you're professional, you showed up, you handled your business and look where it took you off. And she's booked and busy. Like I was happy. I got some time to get this interview popping because she is (laughs) so booked and busy, man. So did you always, always got time for you. Oh, yes, you do. You always make time for me. And I appreciate that wholeheartedly. So I know music, you've always had an ear for music. Um, I definitely one of the things we've bonded over in our relationship um, is music. And you've been surrounded by it your whole life. Did you always see or feel like you might be in, end up in the music industry? No, hell no, because I can't sing, I can't rap, I can barely do a full eight count, so I knew I wasn't going to be no dancer. No, I mean, honestly, 
in my dreams of dreams, I would, you know, be a singer. I'd be like a Beyonce uh-huh. and I'd be performing. But I knew I didn't have that talent. So I just listened to music and I just fig- always figured that being a fan and, you know, being a lover of the art was, you know, as far as it was going to go for me. And DJing never even was ever a possibility. And that's how organically it grew. It The moment that the thought came to me, it was. Right. You know, it wasn't like I contemplated about it, like the way I contemplated about school and, you know, the way I contemplated about, you know, my psychology degree or the way I contemplated about, you know, becoming an advocate and all that, all those things. I just had the thought one day, like, you know what? I'm tired of these, the way these fools be DJing. I'm going to be a DJ. And then it just was. <laughs> it was like, I had, I had the thought. And then, um, well, really how it came about was when I was in therapy, uh, when I first signed up for therapy, at the same time, I was uh, a full-blown sexual assault awareness advocate. And by full-blown, I mean I would be on call to report to the hospital if a survivor showed up after just being assaulted. Wow, that's so genius. So I was an advocate who was constantly talking about sexual assault, consoling somebody about sexual assault, educating somebody about sexual assault. I was just completely surrounding myself with my triggers. And my full-time job was doing in-home behavior therapy for children who have autism. So I was just constantly being surrounded by really intense. All right. So you were telling us about how you were the uh, sexual assault advocate. Yeah. So I was a sexual assault advocate, um, sexual, um, no, an advocate against sexual assault. Okay. And, um, doing behavior therapy, just doing a lot of intense work. And my therapist got real with me and she said, you need to quit all of that. And I was like, what? What do you mean? She was like, you need to stop doing all of these things that are bringing you down. And I had never thought about how I was fostering and enabling my own depression. Mm. It had never occurred to me that the movies I watched were aiding my depression. It never occurred to me that the the work that I was doing was aiding my my depression. Like it just didn't occur to me that I was drawn to such emotional things and. When she told me that, I was just like, okay, so I can't do those things anymore. Then, okay, I'm going to go buy my DJ equipment. And it was, it was amazing because I don't think I would have had the thought on my own. But the moment that the thought came, I was ready. 
Yeah, sometimes it'd be those impulsive decisions that really change our lives, man. Exactly. It really did. It really it really changed my life because it wasn't something that I I didn't ruminate about it. I didn't contemplate about being a DJ. It just it just came to fruition. And you said that word ruminate is it ruminate? Ruminate. Ruminate. What does that mean? I've never heard that word before. So ruminate is just like you basically are going over a thought over and over and mm. over and over again. Okay. So it's 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 different than contemplating because contemplating is thinking deeply about something. Ruminating is just having those same thoughts over and over and over again. So it's okay. kind of like an obsessive thing. Got gotcha. you. Obsessive form of thought. Okay, You're educate me, girl. Really educate me. Huh? I said, educate me, girl. Educate me. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, ruminating is that you get no real positive outcome okay. from ruminating. Whereas contemplating, you can, you can get something from that. But ruminating, you're really just going to make yourself sick. See, I told y'all so. she was intelligent as fuck. Man. So I know you said, so it's an advocate against sexual abuse. I said it wrong earlier. I know that's something that's uh, special to you. And I've seen your post this month, too, about mental health awareness. Um, can you tell us why those two <laughs> issues are so vital to you? Okay. So, well, um, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And people who know Camille know that I have a psychology degree. People who know Just Moonflower have no idea. Right. <laughs> and so I have a master's degree in clinical psychology and a specialization in applied behavior analysis, which is a form of, or is a field of psychology. And um, I am extremely attracted to well-being and balance, even unbeknownst to my young self, because I went to college straight from high school and knew I was going to be a psychology major and knew I was going to go get my master's and knew I was going to get my doctorate. And, you know, I knew all of these things um, at a very young age, but I guess I didn't necessarily know why, why I was drawn to those things. Um, but I love peace. I love harmony and I love calmness. So for me, mental health is important because I feel like it's a direct line to having harmony. You know, if, if all of us as individuals were healthy, functioning people, we'd be such a better society for each other. Amen to that. And I think that's why I'm so drawn to mental health and psychology just because a lot of the dysfunction that goes on in the world is basically due to a lot of people don't feel loved. They don't know what love is. And without love, we have nothing. But you need to be mentally stable in order to open yourself to receive love. That is very true. And I think that's 
what drew me towards uh, psychology. And because I was trying to fix myself. <laughs> I didn't know what was wrong with me growing up, but I knew something was off. Yeah. I always knew something was off. And, you know, no matter how good my grades were, how good of a friend I was, how good of a daughter I was, I knew something wasn't right in my spirit. And, um, you know, as I grew older, it revealed itself. Right. But, um, yeah, I was trying to, fix the world and thinking if I, if I fix the world, I'll, I'll be fixed too. And as I, as I learned more about psychology, I just thought it was just so cool because I mean, really like, I mean, unless you're getting like talking about like IQ tests and things like that, like psychology really is, it's just the observation of human behavior really. And it's like, Oh yeah, duh, obviously it's, one plus one equals two, then duh, that makes so much sense. You know, it's just like, it's common sense that for some reason, it's just not as common as it used to be. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. Yeah. Like, what I'm trying to say is that psychology will really just treat, will teach you how to just have balance in your life. And I really like that aspect of the science that like you know having balance in your life really is so important you know it it really gives you a boost in your career it gives mm-hmm. you a boost in your personal life it gives you a boost in your family life yes it does and um i'm just really drawn to self-care um i'm really drawn to behavior change because i'm definitely not a person who thinks that being stuck is an option. And I think that's because I'm so constantly thinking about my mental health. Right. So it's important to me because I want, I want everyone to feel good. I want everyone to feel love and I want everyone to know that they have a right to be here on this earth. And a lot of people don't know that they shouldn't believe everything that they think. Ooh, that's powerful. That is so true. Yeah. Because you trust it because it's coming from your own mind. But mm-hmm. your mind and everything that you think has been learned from the experiences you've had, what your parents exactly. thought you, outside, um, outside, what is it, what I'm calling, influences. And that is what your thoughts are shaped of. And it's not really... How you truly feel, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Because, I mean, our, our brains are a muscle and it's, it's a body part. And it can dysfunction, too, just like every other part of our bodies can dysfunction. You know, if we, if we get a toothache, we go to the dentist. If we have a cough, we go to the doctors. But when we're having these, you know, maladaptive thoughts and, you know, having just these crazy thoughts running through our minds, we just sit back and go, oh, okay. And it's like, no, go fix that. Right, exactly. <laughs> but you don't have to sit here and cry all the time. You don't have to sit here and be anxious all the time. You don't, you know, have to have these bad thoughts about people or these bad thoughts about yourself. Like, you can go get help. You know, change is possible. But I think a lot of people 
don't even know that um, how they how they are and the the problems that are popping up in their life is a result of a lack of mental health. Yeah, that is and true. so that's why I'm such an advocate of it because so many people don't see the role that mental health plays in their lives. And I'm willing to be the mirror for them to show them like, no, mental health is real. And if I have to be hella transparent and tell people the nitty gritty about my story in order for them to see that's fine. That's what I'll do because that's what the world needs. Yes, it is. And then as far as sexual assault awareness um, goes, I'm a survivor. I'm an AMAC. So if you, once you go through the, the training, the sexual assault training, you learn all these different terms. And uh, when I was 25 years old, I realized I was an AMAC. I'm an adult that was molested as a child. Okay. So and I um, realized that I hadn't dealt with it. You know, I hadn't told my parents. I hadn't even told my boyfriend at the time, which you would think that would be something vital to tell. Yeah. Um, but I, it had never dawned on me to tell him and I hadn't, um, clearly hadn't dealt with it. And I think that's why I was initially drawn to it because I wanted to protect other people from what had happened to me. And, um. But then once I got involved, I was like, damn, I didn't realize how often this shit was really happening. Yeah. How and frequently that was the scary eye-opening part of being an advocate. I, I was a full-blown advocate for two years. And it was heartbreaking, devastating, and traumatizing to see how often people are sexually assaulted. And um, it's a passion of mine because we live amongst a rape culture. And people don't understand what that means to have a rape culture, but we live amongst a, a society where rape is accepted. It is seen as entertainment in movies and TV shows and video games yeah. and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. um, what a lot of people call um, sexual intercourse or dating is often uh, sexual assault and, um, and or harassment. Um, you know, it's just so much of our culture is rooted in rape culture. And people don't see it. People ignore it when they do see it. And people don't know what to do. 
And so it's a passion of mine because, like I said before, I'm a huge believer in change. And I know change is possible, and I know we're all capable of it. Yes, we are. And the more I talk about it, the more I spread the word, the less people are going to be negatively impacted by its presence. And so I'm here to shift the paradigm. I'm here to shake up that rape culture. I'm here to break it down, destroy it, ball it up, throw it into the fire, and get rid of it. Exactly. Yeah, man, we need more of it because it's, like you said, it's 2019 and it's just becoming more and more rampant and you just see it everywhere. And like you said, it's so normalized. And it's very normalized. I know one of the things I see you talk about a lot and I love it and I talk to my baby about it is consent um, and how... Consent, consent, consent. Yes, teach it to children, still practice it as we're adults um, and just make sure that we're being clear about what we want and what we accept, especially sexually. Exactly. That's beautiful. Exactly. And that's the thing, um, you know, not to harp too much on this, but a lot of people don't even know what consent is. People think, people think consent is the absence of a no. Just because somebody does not say no does not mean they want whatever interaction is occurring. That is very true. And it's so vital for not only for people to know that they need to respect people's boundaries, but for people to know what they can get in trouble for. Because what we're seeing now in this Me Too era is that a lot of men who have been told that they can treat women like like they're a piece of trash right. are now being reprimanded for the very things that they were told were okay to do. So that's why being an advocate is so important because there's such a lack of education. You know, people think it's not sexy to ask a person if they're comfortable with something in the bedroom. And it's like, well, what's not, like, what's not sexy about talking about sex? Like, right. that's the sexiest thing you can do other than having sex is talking about it. Because now, you know, they're comfortable and they want it. Now you got free reign to have fun and really get into it and enjoy it. Exactly. And a lot of men are going to get in trouble when they realize that the law is that the, when you're having consent, is considered as a verbal yes. A person has to overtly say yes. Right. Which a lot of times in sex, ain't nobody really asking those questions and giving an overt yes. We're just kind of like killing off their energy. Right. But men and women need to start covering themselves and doing their due diligence and saying, are you comfortable with this? Are you interested in this? Are you want to be okay if I touch you there? Because people think like, oh yeah, it was okay for me to do that. Nope, it wasn't okay. Now you ain't got no job. <laughs> that part. Because you, you touched Rhonda's butt or you you did whatever and you didn't you were ignorant in the fact that that was against the law. So 
it's all about education. Being a mental health advocate, being an advocate against sexual assault, I just want to educate the people on how to live a loving life. That's what's up. Well, keep spreading the word. Keep using your platform because people are listening and change is coming. Like you said, change is, I feel like change is inevitable, but especially with the Me Too movement, you know, the Mute R. Kelly, things like that. I I love that more things are being brought to light and people are having exactly. an opportunity. And as like, a D, I just want to throw this in. As a mm-hmm. DJ, you will never catch me playing an R. Kelly song and don't request R. Kelly because I will gladly tell you hell no yes mute r kelly everywhere please and thank you (laughs) and this was before the documentary came out i didn't even see no i didn't even see the documentary oh you still haven't seen it i've been team no r kelly for a long time that's good yeah it just and it randomly hit me i was just like as i got older and i just started thinking like Becky, like he does this and he does this, like because w- growing up, R. Kelly was like a fan favorite in my house. Like he was always being played. And then as I got older, like into my teens and stuff, I just started thinking, like he pissed on a child. Like no, like he's no good. Like sleeping with kids. Like all his music is about his escapades with children. Like he's got to go. Exactly. So he's blocked, canceled. So Mill. Muted. If you had an opportunity to create an event called the Moonflower Experience, what would that look like? No, Moonflower Experience. Okay, Moonflower Experience. In a perfect world, we would have, let's see, what would it include? Lots of flowers. Lots of flowers. Flowers of all kinds. Lots of glitter. Pinks, purples, probably the whole chakra, the seven chakra spectrum of colors. (laughs) I love bright and colorful. Right, that's beautiful. uh, Visuals. So my my aesthetic is like a seventies type vibe. I love seventies fashion. So the moonflower experience will feel a little bit like a disco meeting. Uh, Unicorn Island. Ooh. You know, so it's like funky, but as funky and sensual, but at the same time, soft and pretty. Kind of sound magical as so, shit. Right. Very magical. So lots of bright colors, flowers, an abundance of fruit and organic food, water, because we have to stay hydrated. Smiling faces, great music, uh, bean bags for people to lay on and sleep <laughs> if they need to. I envision like really fluffy big bean bags, not like the little individual ones. Okay, so a whole bunch of people can get on with you. Yeah, just like, just, it would be just like a festival of love. You know, it would be every type of good time in each corner you got the painting in one corner you got massages in a different corner you got dancing going on in one area you got food galore just whatever you need to make yourself feel like you are important you are here for a reason and you are loved 
that would be the Moonflower experience. Oh, y'all stay tuned. Cool. We're going to have to make that happen because that sounds too lit. <laughs> it would just be magic because we are magic. Yes, but are. a lot of us don't tap into it. Mm. And we can't be afraid of our magic. Yes, that's very true. And you know what, everybody listening, I know you guys are like, dang, it may be hard, but it's a process. <clears throat> it's not about being perfect because we can't be perfect, but it's just about striving to be better and that's all it's about ma'am yeah it is and it's hard don't get me wrong i still have my days when i don't feel the best depression is going to be something that i am always going to have to deal with but i look at it like this the moment i received a diagnosis i knew i could be better because that meant i wasn't stuck Right. I wasn't just this terrible person who had no hope. The diagnosis for me meant, oh, shoot, that means I can get better. Because now and you know what you're dealing with. Exactly. I know what I'm dealing with now, and I treat myself very gently. I love on myself. I encourage myself. And... Um, you know, some days are great and some days are terrible, but I don't take them, I don't take either of those days personal. I just live in the moment and I know when I'm having a bad day that a good day is soon to come. And when I'm having a good day, I just revel in it and I just enjoy every ounce of that moment because I know that happiness comes from within mm-hmm. and if I want to be happy I have to want it and work for it gotta do the work man gotta do the work gotta do it but it's fun work it really so is do the work because getting to know do yourself on a an unconditional <laughs> level it's a beautiful thing and when you really start truly falling in love with yourself, like the feeling that you get on the inside, it's just, whew, it's a blessing. It is. So Moonflower, tell the people. you all got to come get your blessings. Yes. If you have not had the, had the opportunity to hear her spin, like, oh, you got to do it. It's literally magical. So let the people know where they can find you, where they can tune in and uh, see what's coming next from you. So on Instagram, I'm uh, Moonflower Vibes, all spelled grammatically correct. So that's a moon as in the moon in the sky, flower as in the flowers that grow out of the ground, and vibes as in vibrations, vibes. So Moonflower Vibes. And um, on Instagram, I post all my flyers. I do have a Facebook page that's Moonflower Vibes as well. I have a SoundCloud and a MixCloud that I upload mixes to sporadically throughout the year. That's Moonflower Vibes as well. So anytime you want to hear from me, it's Moonflower Vibes. And it's Moonflower Vibes because depending on how I feel that day, you might get a different vibe. It might be a DJ vibe. It might be a poetic vibe. It might be on my advocate vibe. It might just be on my personal silly vibe. So... It's just a collection of moonflowers vibes on 
on all my platforms. And come out and dance. If you see that I'm doing an event that you could possibly make it out to, come out and dance. Come give me a hug. I'll spray you with some homemade rose water. Mm -hmm. I'll shade you down. I got yes. some Alfonso. Like, give it all that negative energy. Come get your blessings. That's <laughs> all I'm trying to give you is blessings because it's a vibe and that's what I'm here to do. Awesome. Well, Mel, it's been a blessing and a pleasure to have you on Stay Regal Radio. Um, thank you for helping me kick off episode one of the hashtag Fuck Self Doubt series. And y'all, until next time, remember to stay true, love you, fuck self-doubt, peace and blessings. I love y'all and I'll catch y'all on the next one. <laughs>